1: Hey, everybody, welcome to another edition of Spits and Suds. Great to be with you on this Thursday. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3, the fan joining me as he does weekly is two time Stanley Cup winner, one of your favorite Dallas stars. He's Craig Ludwig. My man, how
2: are you? I am good, Gavin Spittle. How are you doing today?
1: <laughs> I am on vacation, but came in to bring you Spits and Suds.
2: So you're you're in a good mood because it sounds, it must be payday.
1: (laughs) No, I'm just, my parents are in town for Easter. So I thought it was, uh, you know, I told them, I said, I break away. Someone special joins me every week. He's one of my best buds. They're like, who's your best bud? And I'm like, his name's Craig. They're like, are we going to meet Craig? And I'm like, ah, he's so busy. Probably wouldn't, you know. Who asked if you were going to meet Craig? My parents. They like to know who my friends are.
2: That's because they're concerned you don't have (laughs)
1: them. Oh, man. So, but it's uh, good to talk to you again, my friend. Uh, These current NHL standings are crazy. I think, you know, what the NHL wanted, they've certainly received this year as these races are so tight. It's so much fun to see. Seattle could clinch their first playoff spot, which I think is awesome in their second year. Similar to what happened in Vegas, it's cool that these franchises get off to these quick starts. Awesome to build a fan base uh, in your town. But as we stand right now, Colorado technically is in first. But you essentially have the top three at 98 points, but Colorado does have that game in hand. So NHL loves it when it comes down to the wire, Craig. It's down to the wire.
2: Yeah, uh, it's, it's exciting. It keeps everybody dialed in. I mean, I think if you're a Boston Bruins fan, you may have checked out a couple of weeks ago. Um, not from the standpoint of checking out of your, your team, but they, they have been locked into the president's trophy as of last week. And um, the good news for the Bruins are they're able to rest some of their veterans, you know, guys, you know, Bergeron, Krejci, they're giving those guys some time off. And <clears throat> that's the only downside I would say with being in these kind of races is that you know it's obviously so important to finishes. you you want whole mice. First off, you'd love to have, the whole mice throughout the playoffs is gone. So that, that you're not playing for that anymore. Bruins have locked that up probably yeah. about a month and a half ago, but um <clears throat> but you definitely want you want whole mice. I mean, yeah, you know, I think there's always a conversation about doesn't really matter that much. And in my opinion, you come into an important game and especially game seven, I think you'd rather be in front of your fans and than their fans. And so um, you know, so it it's gonna be tough for these teams to be able to rest anybody. You know, they're gonna they're gonna play right down to the wire. Tonight's a big night. I mean it's uh you know all three of the the teams Colorado, Dallas and Mini, they all play. Colorado, I believe, has San Jose and Dallas has got a Philly team that's scrappy and uh, you know, many is playing tonight too, and I think uh, that's a. You, you watch these couple teams. In Minnesota, could be in tough tonight, and I, I think that Colorado is going to probably be be okay. You know, playing San Jose. San Jose yep. is still trying to. They're they're in the sweepstakes yet, but but that Pittsburgh team that Minnesota has to play tonight. They're sitting on the bubble. Yep, and there's a lot of negative stuff flying around about that team. And I just believe that their their top three guys in Pittsburgh have a ton of pride, and and they may get a Minnesota may get a tough game in Pittsburgh tonight. So, you know, if Dallas takes care of their business, and I I would expect you know at, at least maybe that gives you not a ton of breathing room as we know, but um, so all three games have something on the line. But you know, it's funny, like you look at. <clears throat> I always look at the strength of schedule and Colorado still has to play Edmonton and LA two teams that are probably playing the best that they've played all year this year. And probably the best they've been playing in the last couple of years. Uh, Dallas has got a game with Vegas yet. Minnesota is the one that probably has the lighter. Uh, They don't really have anybody besides the Winnipeg jets um, that is currently in a playoff spot. So, You know Dallas has just got to take care of business. They've got they've got five games left of some some opponents. In my opinion, they can they can beat. Although they're the teams that they're playing, you know that they end up with St. Louis in back to back games, and I think that's always been a always been a competitive game, regardless of where these two teams are. So we'll see how this thing plays out. And then they got five games in eight days. Yeah, you know it's not like it's a real easy schedule either.
1: A lot of talk about. Uh, Kaprizov, who's skating once again for the Wild, and they're saying he might come back as early as Saturday. So, um, probably get some games under his belt before the playoffs. Of those three teams, Craig, I, I mean, you got to play who you got to play, but I think I'd rather see Minnesota than Colorado at this point.
2: Man, I don't know. I, I just, I look at that Minnesota team, the things and the games and the teams that they've overcome in the last two months. And everything that they've done, they've done without Kaprizov. Mm-hmm. And I think what they, with Kaprizov being out of the lineup for this length of time, and all of a sudden that team has found goal scoring throughout their lineup. You look at bringing him back in, and, and they're not going to play him in back-to-back games. They're going to probably get him in a couple games, get his you know get his timing and things back like that. Um, you, this is like this is like a sometimes I think these things can turn out to like blockbuster trade line deals. You know, you're, you've been out with your been, been out with your best player has been out of the lineup and your team has done nothing but win. And, and now where it seemed to be this year as the wild went, they were all waiting for Kirill to score. And he did, he seemed to score every game and they were watching Kirill. Now they've learned to play without him and now I would uh, I would assume having guys like Billy Garen, Dean Evanson um and guys like that in in coaching and management, they're having conversations with those players and saying, listen, you know, we know we're getting this guy back. It'd be very similar in Dallas in our day if it was Mike Badano that was out of the lineup or Sergey Zubov mm-hmm. or Joe Lundyke and you you're winning without him. And it would be very easy to kind of sit back and say, okay, here he comes. Now we're going to be good. Well, I think if you're coming back into the lineup, it's probably the best time to come back is just before the playoffs, with the exception of timing and things like that for Kaprizov. And the reason I say that is it's a completely different set of circumstances when you get to the playoffs. It's like you're starting all over again. I mean, if they would have played the first 30 games without him and then all of a sudden he comes back in the middle of the season – and that can kind of fade away. And and I just think coming back into the playoffs, knowing what they've done, the way this team is built, they're built for the playoffs. I mean, Billy Garen went out with a purpose, um, and he's done a hell of a job and, you know, regarding their salary cap problems. And he knows he's going to have problems for the next couple of years when most of the league has been going to be playing with a, I don't know, $85, 86000000 million cap, and he's going to be playing around with a $70 million cap. But he's added toughness. Um, he's got a bunch of guys scoring. He's got Flurry back on track. They've got a, another goaltender in Gustafson that just seems to be uh, on fire. And so his goaltending is strong. Uh, Matt Dumba, who's been in and out of the lineup, but as of a couple months ago, is, is playing really well on the back end. I think they've got a good group of defensemen and they got guys scoring. Yep. So. I, you know, I don't know who who Colorado is going to have back in their lineup. I think um, Landeskog you know, comes back. I don't think Landeskog. It sounds like their captain may not be back, but regardless, they're still a tough team. Yeah, I mean, they've got some some serious weapons there. So, it, but but again, I don't know about their goaltending. But they were able to overcome their goaltending only because they, you know, they were all in the lineup and they were all scoring last year to win a Stanley Cup. So. um you know, to me, to me, the best-rounded team that as an opponent is Minnesota. That's who I think they're best. I would – and we never pick teams who we want to play. I just think you're better off – if you can avoid them, I don't, I don't know. I guess you pick your poison if it's Colorado or Minnesota. It's really out of your control. Um, you know, you got to worry about who you're going to play in the first round, and, and, you know, and sometimes that you just take care of business. So. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, if Colorado can get Landis Gog back, if they can get Josh Manson back, who provides that you know physical uh, on the blue line. Uh, he's really good. I love his veteran presence. Um, so, yeah, and we forget about Minnesota. They traded for Gustav Nyquist as well. So um, that's another scoring punch coming back into the Minnesota lineup, and uh, he looks to be returning for the playoffs. So uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's a pick-your-poison kind of situation, and – Maybe they're looking at the Stars this way, too. I, I give the Stars credit because you talked about the L.A. Kings and Oilers, how they're playing some of their best hockey, um, and you had mentioned how the Wilds have a tough test tonight with Pittsburgh fighting to make the playoffs. Well, Nashville was basically you know, needed to win uh, earlier this week, and the Stars really shut them down. I thought it was one of the better games that the Stars have played in a long time. I just thought they controlled the play throughout. It was great to see Wedgewood, you know, back with confidence. um, Gives Ottinger that rest. I like to see it. So, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about because you have a perspective that uh, not many people do is that Jason Robertson went over 100 points. So the perspective Craig has is uh, the Minnesota North Stars Dallas Stars connection, and it was pointed out by a lot of people that he's the first Dallas Stars player. And I could appreciate that, and I'm glad the fan base is embracing that. But when I looked at those other four players, and I have first-person experience as well, and bear with me as I tell you a quick story. When I moved down to Houston, the Houston Texans were there, major presence in town. Obviously, the Oilers had moved to Nashville and became the Titans. So one of the things that I found was, when I moved to Houston, was that the Oilers didn't have a home. Houston's trying to build their own identity, just like the Dallas Stars are trying to build their own identity. And you had a situation where Dan Pastorini is Robert Brazil. All these great Houston Oiler legends really didn't have a home. So I say that to say you have four really good Minnesota North stars that I also think need to get their due. And I appreciate that they said Dallas stars, and maybe I'm looking into this too much. Maybe I'm too old school, but I wanted to get your thoughts. I just don't like when players don't have a home necessarily for all that they've put into the game.
2: Well, the first thing I look at is I understand the people here in Dallas, when they're talking about Robertson, L- I mean, we got to be honest that most of the fans or a lot of the fans don't remember the Minnesota. North stars yeah. Yeah. I get it. I get it. <clears throat> you know? So, um, and, and it's on the other side of the coin, the people in Minnesota are trying to forget about the Dallas stars. Yep. You know, they're still, they're still pissed off. And and I would be too, I suppose, if I, if that, if I were ever a loyal sports fan to my home team, but yeah, I, but again, it, it everything's a new era. I mean, I, I guess it's it's however you believe in, you know, your team. But but I just think that the page has been turned as far as Dallas goes. This is the Dallas Stars. This is what um, even when we came here, I, I it just seemed like it was all new. I, I, that you know, and again, when we came to Texas. The majority of people, except for the transplants, didn't even know who the hell the Minnesota North Stars were. Right. They didn't know who we were. So I I think they've always adopted this as being, this is their team being the Dallas Stars. And so you're the only one that's probably having a hard time moving on. it's probably for you. Well, I mean,
1: but there are players like you. And one specifically that I want to point out that was part of Dallas Stars history is Neil Broughton. and. I think he's just a forgotten man in this town. And. Isn't he called Mr. Minnesota? Is that what they call him? Luds?
2: Yeah. Yeah. But, but wait now. So, so is Mike Madonna, a forgotten man?
1: Uh, yes. In some circles. And we'll have Madonna well, on later. Madonna- yeah. Well, the
2: circles, we can throw a couple of them circles away. No, but, I, I, but I, but I, <clears throat> listen. but I'm saying Mo played here for uh, what? Ten, how many years was Mike here? 10 years. Yeah. I mean okay, he's more of a Dallas
1: different. he's more of a Dallas star than he was a Minnesota yes. North Star. Yeah,
2: and so Neil Broughton is more of a Minnesota North Star. He was only here for what, a year and a half? Right. Years, he was
1: captain for a few months and
2: Yeah, that's my point. So he had a cup of coffee here. I, you know, it, it's like guys that get traded and, and and you're there for a half a year and you get moved on, or you're there for a year and you move on. I I don't think you're I don't think you're endeared into the, the home. It's it's like does Neil Broughton if Neil Broughton came back here, and I couldn't even tell you, like Neil went to Jersey and and won a Stanley Cup yes. there. Yes. But but when did Neil what did Neil deserve to have what they call the the videos? And I don't even know if he did. Maybe he did have one. I I don't know. I don't remember if he. I don't did. know if
1: they had videos then, back then. Did they,
2: Lance? I I don't know. <laughs> I, I have no idea. But I'm just I'm just saying, like, should that guy should a player like that have a video if he only played in a in a town for two years? I just, I just think that it, it makes sense to me that, you know, that there, I I get it. You you know, you want to, you want to acknowledge that. But again, for me, not, not so much.
1: You know, one of these days you're going to agree with me on something. Uh, No,
2: probably not. I do everything I, in in my power not to.
1: Here I was thinking I'd bring up Mr. Minnesota. I think about, listen,
2: I love Bratsy. Yeah. Yeah, trust me, I brought Neil Broughton is one of the nicest guys to ever play this game, I, and he's he, I mean, and Neil's one of those guys. See, Mike and Neil are are very very similar in the way that their their careers were were changed. I mean, Bratsy, like you said, Bratsy was a point guy, came in, put up a lot of points in Minnesota. In walks through the door Bob Gainey, and the same thing with Mike Bernano when he was in Minnesota. Bob Gainey walked through the door, and then the process began, and and Bob had a conversation with Neil Broughton. And said, "Listen, if you want to continue to play in this game, and you want to play for as long as you possibly can, you're going to have to change your game a little bit because you're not going to continue to put up 30 goals and 100 points or whatever the numbers were for Neil. You're going to have to become a two-way player. You're going to have to buy into the Montreal I'll use that uh, the Montreal kind of game where where you have to play at both ends of the rink, and it, and it allowed Neil." To obviously stick around the game, be be as valuable, maybe not as much as putting points up, but there's a reason Jersey wanted him because of the the transformation that Neil made, that he could be a a two-way center. Mike Badano comes in and, and Mike wasn't happy about it. He wasn't happy that his game was getting pulled back, especially in a couple contract years. And, you know, Mike Mohat, and I only know this because we did a podcast with him and, and, you know, he, he talked about it. He's like, Jesus, you know, I got, I did a one-year deal and a one-year deal. And here I'm supposed to be, you know, de- turning into a defensive guy. And at the end of the day, he was like, but then he said the light bulb went off all of a sudden, the way that, that he was supposed to play and having instead of having to, to wait for the puck, you went and got the puck. And now he had the puck a lot more than he normally did. So, you know, that that, that that's the way I, I look at those kind of things. And, you know, so but Bratsy, you know, Olympic gold medal, the 1980 yes. team you know, and you know, and USA a Hockey lot. Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. Well, again, he, he he is Mr. Mr. North. I mean, yes, he is. He's Mr. Minnesota, Mr. North Star, whatever you want to call him. But but if you're going to ask him. He's going to be remembered as a Minnesota North Star. If you're going to ask Eddie Belfort, what's Eddie El- Belfort going to tell you? Chicago. I know it. I've already asked him, so I know. But what do you think he's going to be remembered as? Chicago. Yep. And and that's what those guys are. Yeah. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah. I, and I understand, and that's why I I like having this conversation with you. Um, I know you don't talk about it. I, I like to talk about it. I like to be loud and proud about your teams, how they created hockey in Dallas-Fort Worth, and those cup runs created the excitement. Just like what's happening in Seattle, it's nice to have an expansion team, but when that team makes the playoffs, that brings in so many more fans, and that's why I'm excited for that town. That's why I was excited for Vegas, and that's what I was excited about what you guys did, and I think that we should look back more often. I understand the current, but I mean, I think you can prop up your current players. I love Jason Robertson. I, I love what he's all about. I love his demeanor on and off the ice. I love his puck presence. I love how he knows where to be. I love that he actually you know plays a two-way game um, as well and has made some big defensive plays. Uh, so I, I like all those aspects about Jason Robertson. I just don't want Stars fans to forget about the past when you go to a game, look at those numbers up there and easier than ever do a Google search and learn about Neil Broughton, you know, learn so, about Michael so do
2: do a Google search. It's not don't forget about the past, but then you say do a Google search. Well, yeah, you because can you can learn about the history. <laughs> you learn about the history. <laughs> But you can't say, don't forget about the past if you don't even know it. So it doesn't bother him. Well, I'm just saying. I, no, I understand.
1: I, listen, but I, when I see Neil Broughton up there, I think of one of the greatest moments as a hockey fan in my life, as a little kid sitting there screaming at the television that we just beat the big Russians.
2: And he was a Minnesota North Star then.
1: And I, <laughs> I well, that was prior to being <laughs> a North saying. Star. I, I, I can appreciate that. Listen. Maybe it's just for me to get this off my chest. Maybe yeah, no one else cares.
2: This is a weekly thing with you. They never make any sense, but it just it's your thing. So keep going.
1: So Jason Robertson.
2: Yeah. <sighs> Quit living in the past. All right. Uh, enjoy I- Robo. Enjoy hints. Enjoy <laughs> Hasekinn. Celebrate Pavelsky being right. able to do the things that he does at. 30-plus years, what is he, 35, 36, somewhere in there? And
1: on that note, as a former player, how much skill does that take and practice to stake to get that, does it take to put that stick at that perfect angle so that it hits like it does off of Pavelski's stick and goes top shelf?
2: He does it, he's been doing it every single practice for over 15 years. He does the same thing before every practice starts during practice and after practice. It's a, it's a, it's memory reflex or whatever they call that. I mean, Joel just, that's what Joe does. And, you know, for years, he's been, he's been labeled as the best tip tip guy in the league. And, and so, you know, it's, it's just probably, it's probably similar when you watch Hint skate, when you watch Robertson shoot a puck, when you watch Meryl Haskin and, blow by three people. It's just what they do. It's, it's what they've worked on their entire careers. And, and for, for Joe, again, he, he's been known that that's been, that's been his, his thing is his hand-eye coordination. And, and it goes back to me all the time. Uh, Again, I'm never going to win the argument, but I, I just think that over the years we have turned Uh, A lot of these players and one sport athletes, and I think there's something to and again, they have their skating instructors and and they have no issues being on the ice, you know, 10 months a year, even at, you know, 14, 15, 16 years old, but I just think there's something to being able to be a, a more than a one sport athlete, I just think there's things that. The hand-eye coordination of golf and baseball and what comes into play with football, you know, and 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 all that kind of stuff. And I think it all translates and it helps you in the course of a game. And for for Joe, I mean, I I'm I don't know, and and I will eventually ask Joe. I mean, did he play baseball growing up? I mean, that's what Mo did. I mean, Mo, Mo played baseball as a young kid, and and he'll tell you how the hand-eye coordination helped him. And I would have to believe that that Joe Pavelski, you know, as a kid growing up played other sports. But, um, but again, it's, you know, the, there's a, there's a phrase that says practice makes perfect. And that's not true. Perfect practice makes perfect. And and when you're a player and and a guy like Joe Pavelski, that works every single day. And that, and I'm, I'm not even talking about, you know, practices, because what you do in practice is what you're going to do in a game. And and that's what that's where Joe gets it right there, and he's put all the work in, and and it, and it continues to pay off for him.
1: Just like I wondered if Sidney Crosby wondered if he knew what he had when he was living with Lemieux. Do you think Wyatt Johnston knows what he's learning by spending as much time as he does with Joe Pavelski?
2: Well, I mean, I, I think you put the credit on the general managers and ownership and things like that for for those kind of moves. I, I think when Jim Neal. Um, wh- whether there was a, a talk about it or, Hey, this is where you're going to live. Um, <clears throat> first off it, it, it takes, it takes a, a, special kind of player slash person, um, to bring another player into your home, a young kid into your home as, as an older guy. And just say, because it, the same thing happened with a couple other, you know, players. Th- th- there's just not two guys in the league that have done this, you know, so, there's other players that have moved in with other, you know, had had younger players. And, and generally, you're doing that with a young player because, you know, or you hope what that player is going to turn into. That player has the skill and and everything about the hockey. But you do those kind of things to be able to learn everything else about the game besides just the skating. And and the shooting and there's uh, how do you take care of yourself off the ice? What do you do on off days and the extra time that you put? Can you imagine the conversations that that Wyatt and Joel and can have? Um, you know, because again, as young kids, you know, all these players, the majority of all these players, they they grew up in you know, and, and they have billets and the, the billets are just called the families. And so, and when I'm I'm talking about junior hockey but they're going into small towns, small communities, and, you know, they're going, like my hometown, you're going in some place of 1,200 people, and you're going to go live with a the family. They, they happen to have maybe a, uh, they probably don't even have a kid that plays on the same team, um, but they will have some younger kids or maybe somebody that's a couple of years younger. And so you, you basically leave the rules of your house and you, and you go in and move with, you know, another family and you live by the rules of their home. But now in, in Wyatt's uh, instance, that he goes in and he's playing with one of the best players to play in this game. And when when Crosby did it with Mario, um, why wouldn't these guys listen to what's being said? It's like going to school every day. It's like going to a hockey academy every single day. And, you know, and again, so does that mean that you know, now Wyatt at the end of this year will will move out and be on his own, and I'm sure that's a conversation you know that Jim will have with them and or and and I would think one year is probably enough, but but who knows? But the the dividends they 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 all pay off. I mean, and you can see what's what's happened here with Wyatt. Would would Wyatt be doing the things that he's doing this year? Possibly, but when it comes to the rest of the game, and that means more importantly away from the rink how he takes care of himself, Uh, what do you do on off days, what do you do on game days, and he's sitting there watching and living with the guy that, you know, has been doing it for a long time and having results and having great results for a long time.
1: As we tape this, Jake Ottinger in net tonight for the Stars. One player I want to point out for the Flyers, Travis Konechny. Five points in his last five games. Uh, veteran having, uh, well, he's 26. When do you become a vet, Lutz? He's
2: vet, right? Not yet. Eventually <laughs> that's going to happen.
1: And by the way, like just like what's happening with Wyatt Johnston and Joe Pavelski, this is why we should move in together. Oh Lord! Think about it.
2: We could learn a lot. Okay. <laughs> Please, don't, I don't even. I don't even want that in my head. Thinking about that, but <clears throat> Travis Connect me. Um, since you bring him up, I I think that a lot of hope for that guy. Yeah, he had a couple off seasons or a off season. I think he's you know kind of scratched and clawed. He's that kind of player. You know, again goes to the hard areas, I, I would think he's a, a Tortorella kind of player. Yeah, And, and, you know, and I think, you know, injuries and things like that behind him, hopefully for him, um, hard nosed guy and, 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 and still young, you know, and, and is that a guy that, that the head coach of the, of the flyers, John Tortorella is going to come in and, and be talking to, to management, uh, whenever they do decide who is going to be the new general manager there and say, listen, this is a guy we need to build around. Um, but, but who knows? I mean, I, I think it's, I, I think for Tortorella who comes in there and the team is hard to play against, you know, you got to give them, you got to give them credit. They're, they're not going to make the playoffs obviously, but, but they were, they were in a bad spot when, when, when Torts took over. And, and I think they probably brought the right guy in because, you know, it's, it's his way or the highway kind of guy. And he's not afraid to sit out some of the top players, which he's done this year. Kevin Hayes has been out of the lineup a couple of times. And I think Hayes, the last time I looked, is probably number two or three on that team in scoring. But, and, you know, we signed a pretty big deal to stay there a couple of years ago. And Tortorella comes in and doesn't like the way he's playing. He sits him out. And, and so anyway, that's, that's the culture that, I mean, when, when Tortz walked into that room that last summer, the first comment he made about him is he said, there's something wrong in this room. Something doesn't smell right in this room. He didn't like the leadership of the room. I mean, for a new guy to walk in the door and plant that seed with his twenty-five players right off the bat, kind of tell you there's a new sheriff in town. So yep. I just think Connectney's a you know one of them kind of guys that you, you know when you're playing against him, and and he's got good speed, takes puck to the net, and he just plays hard every shift.
1: If he keeps this pace up, he will lead the team, uh, but will also have a career high in points and also a career high in penalty minutes. So that kind of shows you the kind of guy Travis Connectney is. So. Watch for him on the ice last night. Uh, Last night did not score against the Blues, um, who the Flyers uh, did not beat last night, um, I think. But, you know, they're coming off a back-to-back, so hopefully the Stars can take advantage. So uh, we asked, uh, you're about to hear an interview with Mike Madano. We asked Madano about Craig Ludwig, and he would not chirp you. Just letting you know. (laughs)
2: Oh, uh, uh, that, Mo is very good I- I- in the public eye. Okay, let's leave it that way. So um, he, he he does, and he, he will, and he does, but when he, he knows, I mean, he, he, Mike has got a, a squeaky clean reputation, doesn't he? I mean, there aren't many players that can be superstars in their sport. And be and go through their career and then post career and stay out of especially in in this day and stay out of the, the headlines and the media. Uh, Mike is just a good human being, and and I you know and I I finished the thing up going through all of his accolades and the uh, United States Hall of Fame, NHL Hall of Fame, and everything else that goes along with it. And to be honest with you, I finished it up by saying most importantly, he's a good husband to Allison. He's got five kids and, and he talks about, man, it's a beating. (laughs) You know, he talks about being a beating because, you know, his kids are from what one to nine, I think it is. And so the driving to school and back and forth and, you know, he gets to one place and has to go to the next place and, 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 you know, it doesn't give him as much time probably he, as he would like to be on the golf course, but but he still does it and says it with a smile on his face. Yep,
1: absolutely. He was joking around about a street sign when we asked him about a street sign being named after him. Got one for Dirk. Why not you? So uh, he did joke around saying that Dirk had a pretty big street named after him. So um, yeah, so it was uh, it was good. It was it's great to see him in good spirits. And uh, I just I I think when he posts pictures about Minnesota Wild and and Stars fans respond, I just think that's wrong because he was so important to hockey here in DFW. So.
2: Yeah, there was probably a little bit there. There there may have been a little intent there. It, you know, it didn't go. I think Mike thought he was going to, well, I know for a fact, he he, he planned on being a, a Dallas star for life. Sure. And, and being and doing, you know, the whole thing right at the end of the second period or halfway through the second period, look at the camera and smile. I mean, what a gig that was for him here, you know? And, and being that ambassador and being able to live in Dallas and, you know, everything that he's come to know. And, uh, when that changed, you know, again, you knew that it wasn't going to be long. I mean, I can remember him. I don't know if you remember, I remember seeing things on social media and he was wearing a, a, a Phoenix coyotes. No, I do sweatshirt. remember that. Yeah. Tip with, t- you know, and he went to Phoenix and he went to Arizona and next thing you know, you'd see Mo. Yeah. On the ice with a, you know, and so I think, I think that's about as controversial as Mike Madonna can possibly get is just to wear a different track suit. That that's it. That that's (laughs) Moe. And in the most subtle way, putting his middle finger in the air, that's, that's (laughs) all it's going to be. That's it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, I I can, I can see that. I just, I loved his personality. I think it's, I think it's great. It's great to hear him laughing. And we did get the dirt. Um, and if you listen to the interview, you'll hear it. But um, we'll pay off the tease early. He was at the Arizona Coyotes game, and the Stars did contact him. And said he said, sure, I'll stick around. And sure, I'll go into the locker room. So I give him a lot of credit for doing that. That's uh, that's really cool Um, that that he did that. And it was great seeing him and Jason Robertson in that picture. So I thought it was really cool.
2: Yeah. You know, like I said, he just does the right things. I don't know how happy he was doing it, but he knew that it was the right (laughs) thing to do. And Mo Mo knows the right things to do. All right. So, you know, just like me with you, sir, I know the right things to do.
1: That's why you need to live with me and hang out with me. I know the right things to do. I will put you in the right direction, sir. Every time I say something, there's dead air with you. It's so awkward.
2: My yeah, God! Yeah, well, you just listening to you making them comments is awkward. well because for po- for folks
1: listening at home, this is not just a podcast thing. When we're together in public, you
2: also act like that. Very uncomfortable. Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. And let, let's let's get this straight. We're not in in public together more than twice a year. Now you don't have to say that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and that's on you. That's not on me. That's on you. I've given you plenty of opportunities to to hang out Uh,
2: and you refused them all. Oh, that doesn't sound right. (laughs) That just doesn't sound right.
1: Well, you're the man and uh, appreciate the uh, time. So uh, hopefully two points against uh, the Flyers and then Vegas on Saturday is going to be a real nice test. Excited about that. And the reason it's going to be a nice test is because Edmonton's on the heels of Vegas, as is L.A. So Vegas Certainly has things to play for, as do the Stars. It's awesome to see that everyone's coming together in the uh, West as far as uh, points. So uh, we'll see uh, how it... uh, And I think Detroit's going to be a tough test, too, because as Sean was mentioning, he covers Detroit a lot. They're one game they could show up, and they look like a playoff contender. And the next day they show up, and they look like they're going to be in the Conor Bedard sweepstakes. So... Well, that's what happened. Teams. Well,
2: they're not going to be in the Connor Badard right. sweepstakes. They're not in it. But and I think that's what that's probably a, a good and bad thing. It's it's bad for Steve Iserman, probably, because they're not going to get Connor Bedard. Well, I guess there's what is there going to be like a two percent chance or something like that 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 they could get him. But but it's good because what they've got is got they've got players that have, that are playing for jobs and they're players that are playing for contracts, they're playing for the future. Um, so Steve Eiserman gets to say and see exactly what he's trying to build there. And, and they, they can put the puck in the net. They've got some skill um, you know, they've got some talented guys there. And so that, that will not be an easy, I, I don't think there actually is an easy game, even though they're playing against teams besides Vegas, Philly to a St. Louis and Detroit uh, Philly tonight is going to, I expect Dallas to win by a couple goals, but it won't be easy. I just think that they're a scrappy team. Um, and then you get to St. Louis. Everybody knows what's going on in St. Louis. And St. Louis right now, you know, they know they're out of the playoffs. But, again, there's a group of guys that are playing for jobs for next year too. All of them are playing for jobs. There's guys that probably are, have been there for a few years now, but they love St. Louis. They don't want to be traded. So, and then, you know, like you mentioned in, in, uh, in Detroit, you know, they're, they're a team that's continuing to grow. And they're, you know, they're looking at, I think Steve Eisenman is now in a place where he's like, okay, now where are the couple pieces this summer that I can put together mm-hmm. that we're going to be a playoff team, we make a little bit of noise in the playoffs next year, and then is there somebody that I can add, um, and you know, looking another two years down the road, what what do we, what do we need to do to be a true contender? Yep. So, you know, they've got some, I mean, these aren't going to be easy games. And, uh, and the only bad news is, is, is because of the situation, they really, like I said earlier, they don't get to rest a lot of guys, you know, because they're, like I said, it could shake out in two games. And all of a sudden you go, man, we're, we're four points out of having home ice and, and maybe we can, we're not moving down anymore and, we're, and it looks like we're starting on the road or, or hopefully they're starting at home and they have the ability to maybe give Jamie a rest give Jamie Ben give Tyler Sagan a rest possibly so or give you know let, let wedgie let wedgewood play the last couple of games of the year last game of the year if that's the case you know let let any kind of bumps and bruises or anything that's going on with Ottinger because i just i mean you know in today's day you really don't get through the playoffs a lot without you know getting some games from your backup guy but my guess would be they are, they're going to plan on riding Jake Ottinger as much as possible through the playoffs.
1: Thanks for your insight, as always, my friend. And uh, we will uh, hopefully catch up with you uh, next week.
2: All right. Sounds good. All
1: right. And as promised, here
4: he is. Good morning. How are you doing, man? I'm good. It's been a while. It has been a while. It was great having you on last time. Are you in Arizona, Texas, or Minnesota?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Phoenix as we speak and then we're getting ready to go on our little uh spring break Disney cruise on Friday morning. So I got a couple of days uh until we're gone for about a week. So we're uh we got a big uh big uh, boat full of people going from school. So we got about thirty five, forty people going on a Disney cruise oh. out of uh Orlando. So That sounds time.
4: like that sounds like a nightmare. It does. <laughs>
0: I have to say the cruise thing I can kind of handle Disneyland Disney World no but the cruise <laughs> I was kind of skeptic myself but uh, it's actually uh, it's not a bad deal.
3: Are you a patch behind the ear guy or you handle the the high seas well?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm okay. I've been uh, I grew up on water actually in uh, you know some of the great lakes around Michigan, so I got a little bit of. Uh, uh, sea legs to me, if you want to call it that. But uh, yeah, those, those boats are pretty big, so there's a little bit of rock there, but it's nothing crazy.
4: All right, for a, a new parent like myself, or with a two-year-old getting older, what is your one hack or tip for Disney World or Disneyland? Not on the cruise. You're just going regular. What's the trick?
0: <laughs> um, Don't let me see. I'd probably wait till uh, maybe five or six. That's for sure to that uh their potty train you don't have to carry around diapers or a uh, stroller so that's a that that would be a plus for you so the less crap you got to carry around probably the better so once they get to four or five you're probably in the clear a little bit did you
4: go to a lot of super bowl festivities
0: i didn't you know this place is just crazy in the winter they got so much stuff going on in phoenix we just kind of stay low we stay away from the barrett jackson and then they got at the Super Bowl and the waste management, they just got so much stuff. Then you got spring training going on around here, so it's a it's a busy area from probably around uh, right after Thanksgiving till uh, you know mid-April. So it's a little bit hectic because then you got the spring breakers that come in in March. So it's uh, it's become a pretty busy area. So when that happens, we just kind of we just hunker down in our little area of town and just uh, wait to the, the the storm to pass.
4: Did you attend the Taylor Swift concert?
0: <laughs> my eight-year-old and wife went, so that was uh, that was their big deal. We're actually going to John Mayer tonight, so my wife and I are going to John Mayer tonight. Oh. And, but, uh, yeah, the eight-year-old went to Taylor Swift a few weeks ago, so she uh, she had a big old time. I, I couldn't imagine.
3: I-, I couldn't imagine seeing seeing you at a Taylor Swift concert. You had no desire to go. Me neither. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> Mike Madonna is joining us. Now, that we know
4: you're doing a lot of work with with the Wild, but we saw the awesome moment with you and Jason Robertson after uh, he broke the scoring record. Uh, your thoughts on Jason as a player, as much as you've been able to keep up, and, and this star season in general, because that's what our Tolos would love to hear you talk about.
0: Yeah, they've been fun to watch, especially Jason. He's, been, he's had a tremendous, phenomenal year. You know, those – Those type of years, uh, you know, uh, come around uh, once in a while. You just feel like everything you throw at the net goes in or someone else puts it in. So you have that, uh, it's just that confidence and momentum. And they've had a pretty, you know, solid, consistent team, obviously. So, um, you know, they're right there in the hunt between Colorado, Minnesota, and Dallas. So it'll be interesting who kind of can pull out of that division. So. Uh, those two teams, uh, the other two teams have to face each other, unfortunately, so that's going to be a, a tough first-round matchup for anybody, So, but uh, Jason McGrain, I was glad I was at the game, just happened to be at that game just uh, coincidentally, so it just happened that uh, that happened that night, so I was able to pop down and say hi and, and say hi to a few of the other guys and a little bit of the training staff that I haven't seen in forever. So, uh, some of those guys are still there when I was there. So it's always nice to see, uh, those guys and and say a quick hi. Oh, so that wasn't
4: all planned
0: out. No, I just happened to go to the game. I was just planning on going to game and watch it. And then all of a sudden I got some text messages from, uh, their PR guys saying, uh, you know, that Jason just broke the record. Are you sticking around after the game? If you can (laughs) come by, come down and take a picture if you can and, and say hi and so yeah i'm like yeah so that that worked out you know
3: sports evolve all sports do how different is is playoff hockey today than it was you know back when you were playing
0: um you know it's a little bit different I, I obviously it's just so much uh it was so physical back in the day it was really a lot about intimidation and 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 you know, being physical and just taking liberties on guys. You you just really had you know, kind of the rule book was kinda of thrown away and um, you know, guys could get away with anything out there. So it was it was really uh uh you know, a battle of wits to see who physically could come out of there. You know, nowadays it's just like uh it's a little it's a little physical but not as much. You know, it's just a lot of I mean the games changed so much, it's a lot of skating, just uh, you know, it's a drag match out there just up and down the ice fast and creative and guys are talented and a lot of skill and everything else. But, you know, as, as those playoffs move on, it, it does get a little cramped out there and they start defending well and, and uh, you know, not much space is available. So it, it does, it does hunker down as a, as the rounds go on. But I mean, I, I you know, recall those first rounds against Edmonton, they were just like, you know, you, you, you came out of that first round, barely, uh, barely alive. Cause it was, uh, it was, it was physical. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's changed a bit, but, uh, nonetheless, you still got to win uh four best of seven series. So it's a, it's a, it's a grind.
4: Do you ever dream or think of what your numbers would look like today's era? No.
0: <laughs> or without Hitchcock as a coach, yeah. That's
3: <laughs> great. <laughs> no, don't stop talking. Keep going. We want to hear more
0: about that. <laughs> you, really think? Yeah. I tell Hitch he cost me about three hundred points.
4: <laughs> <laughs> this is why we would have him back on but, again.
0: But, but the flip side is we won, so he always throws that back at me, but he goes, you know, like you won. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I can, yeah. I can I'll give up a few points to win.
4: Yeah, he could have been living uh well, he's probably in Scottsdale right yeah, now. Yeah, right? I'm
3: sure he's doing fine. Yeah, yeah.
4: Uh, he, he could have been <laughs> in Sedona. What's another air fancy Arizona
3: place, Chop? <laughs> yep. Sedona, Scottsdale, yeah. all good. All good. Yeah. Um, you know yeah. Do you still like you know, now that you're removed, you know, from your playing days, do you still like have kind of the same like hatred in your heart for like the Avalanche or Edmonton or teams like that?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, Edmonton is just a real sour spot. I mean, that just was; those were some great, uh, some great playoffs. And and uh, you know, working with Billy Garen in Minnesota, we just we recollect about those those series back in the day. Those were just uh, amazing. San Jose, another team that we played an awful lot of, that you just had a a, a bad taste in your mouth against. Uh, you know the Avs, those those two year back to backs in '99, 2000, those Game Seven series against those guys were phenomenal. So, um, yeah, those 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 handful of teams are still they're, they're still back there in the subconscious, and you just think about when playoffs come around, how much uh, how much fun they were to play against those guys. But uh, it was uh, it was it was tough and physical. But yeah, they they bring back some great memories when you see those jerseys on the ice.
4: Look, man. People are sitting here tes- texting us and tweeting us right now. Why? Why are we talking about the Minnesota Wild with Mike Madonna? Where? Where's Mike Madonna? Way uh, when we're sitting there going to the Double A C? We get. We in a street. Oh, uh, well, why? Why are we talking about the yeah. Wild with you instead of That's the Stars?
0: True. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, dead end streets or courts down there. They could probably <laughs> throw a name on or
4: something. <laughs> Call sack. The Madonna cul-de-sac.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. They gave Dirk the big uh, the big long stretch from uh, what is it, Oakland to thirty five? You know, yeah. he's got the big long road, so he's uh, I'm sure there's a little yeah, like you said, I think I'm sure there's a little short cul-de-sac off McKinney or something they could do.
4: <laughs> Oh, you're still familiar with the streets? How often do you come back here?
0: Uh God, it's just it's pretty random, you know, just things pop up I come back in town for and, and just it's it's never really uh scheduled out it's just something that pops up random i just uh i'm I'm usually in and out but you know uh i'll be in there for four or five days after this uh disney cruise for the for the golf so i'm I'm looking forward to that mike
4: madonna joining us on the diamond factory hotline here on 105.3 the fan have you ever been to augusta
0: i have tom hicks took me as a little retirement present after my playing days. And we went out there for a couple of days and, and got to play myself, uh, Bill Musselman and, uh, and Brett Hall. So the four of us went out there for a couple of days and it was, uh, it was amazing. Uh, it was, uh, amazing to witness in person, just, uh, how much that, uh, how hilly that place mm-hmm. is. It really, you know, TV doesn't do it justice, but it was, uh, just to set up the whole or of it, driving down Magnolia lane. I mean, it was just uh, a great experience.
3: Is that by far the best course you ever played?
0: It's got to be right up there. You know, it, there's there's always a handful out in uh, in Long Island. You know, Shinnecock and um, you know Wingfoot; those places out there, um, Sleepy Hollow, and then you know you, you always love Carmel and Pebble Beach. But you know, God, it's it, it's it's got to be right up there in the the top five places I have played for sure. So
4: you guys got a star studded list. We had on Smoltz. We know he's a beast. Uh, we hear that your wife is also a fantastic golfer. Uh, you got Emmett. You can have Romo. Who, who have you kind of gotten close with through these events, like either through trash talk or just they're good, good dudes or or good, good ladies? Who have you kind of bonded with through, through these awesome golf events?
0: Oh God, there's been it's been going on since God. We've been doing them since probably the late 90s, early, uh, mid nineties, after we moved to Dallas, they started having some of these things, but you know, yeah. Uh, you know, Pudge was always there for a long time. Emmett, uh, even Smoltz, Greg Maddox, Tommy Glavin, uh, Jack Wagner, the old, uh, Melrose place guys been there forever. <laughs> um, we don't know what
4: that is. You know, we don't know that show
0: John Elway. Yeah. It was a long time ago. So John <laughs> Elway, uh, you know, great guys. So you always reminisce when you see him and everybody has their own little, uh, obviously profession and jobs are doing, but when you get together, you know, everybody seems to, uh, you know, pick up where they left off the year before and, you know, just BS and then catching up. So, um, but yeah, it's seen, uh, obviously seen Tony last few, few years. So it's, uh, it gets pretty intense. Guys are really into it and get excited about the golf and, you know, it's their one last little release that they have from being in professional sports. So, you know, some take it a little bit more serious than others.
4: How often are you playing a month out there?
0: Uh, Well, you you don't really have a weather issue out here, so you can always get out whenever. So you you, you kind of, uh, you know, it's always maybe once or twice a week here and there. Just uh, get out when all the kids are in school. I have a few-hour break there before, uh, you know, the craziness afterwards. So I get get a little breathing room there. I get to get out and play a few holes and hit some balls and, you know, enjoy the sun.
3: People try to rope you into a big money
0: game? Uh, not too much, not too much. Uh, you know, those, they, they're, they're, they're nine to five or so I, I get the, I get the, you know, the, the retirement crew, so they don't really want to play too much. Uh, big money. <laughs> yeah. Ludwig
4: does a podcast here with the station. Any, uh, any, any Luds stories that we can relay to him?
0: Oh man. It's nothing that you guys don't already know. There's, <laughs> you know, everything about LUDs is, uh, is, is out there. So, I mean he was he was uh he was quite a competitor. I mean man, he could uh goes hard, plays hard, you know, he does everything uh full speed. So he was uh he was one of those uh the ones they broke the mold after. There's not too many of guys like that that were in the game at uh at that particular time, but uh certainly he was uh he was a gamer.
4: Mike Madonna here on the fan. How would a uh, some some of the players have talked about this? how would a hockey version of the world baseball classic look? Would you be in favor of that? How do you think that would work?
0: Um, You know, I, I, it, it's hard to say, cause we've done the world cup thing before and, you know, they've, they've uh, they've kind of, they, they pulled the Olympics together, but the world cup thing there was a lot of fun in the late nineties and early 2000s. It was, it was a great, uh, it was a great deal, but I, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just so much hockey. The seasons are so long and, you know, teams and organizations get a little skeptic of guys playing extracurricular hockey for injuries and everything else that uh, comes into play. But uh, it's always nice to be able to represent your country and, and and have some fun with some guys around your, uh, from your uh, area of the country. So um, they were always great experiences. I had Would it be good to get
3: back in the Olympics?
0: Um, You know, it's always tough to say. It, 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 it's hit or miss. You know, when the Olympics are in North America, it's great because you're not having to deal with a big time change. But, you know, it's it's Japan and China and places over on the other side of the world. It's, it's really tough as far as TV uh, counts for fans and stuff. So you get a little tape delay. You don't really see things in prime time. But, you know, when they're over here, like Salt Lake, Vancouver, um, you know Calgary, they were just all you know amazing venues and spots and you know it's it's looking like maybe uh Salt Lake City might get it again. so when it's over here it's it's great. people can you know watch everything yeah. real time and it's it's a little bit different uh uh you know viewing on t v
4: Robertson uh, Matthews in toronto a- Adam fox. Uh, You guys got one there in Minnesota. Uh, That's pretty daggone good. How exciting is is USA born hockey right now? How, what do you think the status is of it?
0: Uh, You know, it's probably the, you know, probably been the highest it's been in, you know, good 20 years. I think you have just some tremendous young talent that are just coming out of, you know, every little corner of the country now that uh, the game's gotten so popular around the nation. So, um yeah you just do you have guys just coming up that are just uh breaking the trend and, and really adding a lot to the game you know it's just uh great to see i think uh you know they're they're really up there with you know you know Canada Russia those type of you know Sweden those type of nations that uh you know you know you put a all star team together or a national team together they'll they'll be i'm sure they could compete and probably win it so you know there's Tons of talent, fun to watch, and, you know, a lot of upside for those guys.
4: All right, we'll let you pack for the cruise. Uh, enjoy, jo- <laughs> enjoy John Mayer tonight. Uh, have a great trip back here for the golf, and, uh, and and let's not be a stranger. It's like once every couple of years, but you're always delivering radio gold. So thank you, Mike Madonna. We appreciate it.
0: You got it. Maybe we'll visit during the first round of playoffs something like that. Yeah. yeah. Why not?
4: That's there idea. you go. And we'll get you the cul-de-sac. We'll get you that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, <the alleyway.
1: laughs> Thanks, Mike. I love the joking around by Mike Madonna with the street name. I love telling the story behind the scenes, what happened with the Robertson picture. Uh So that's really, really cool of Mike Madonna to jump on 105.3 The Fan. That's going to do it for another edition of Spitz and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan. Hey, everyone. Thank you for making a record month in March for spits and suds. So like us, spread the word, local hockey talk. As we ramp up, we'll do more shows as the playoffs draw near. This is an exciting time as a Dallas Stars fan, and we're so glad that you are joining us for this ride. Have a great day, everyone.